your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. Well, that's me. Welcome to Lacrosse Talk PM. Getting breaking news right before the show starts. Steve Doyle's in here. I'm Rick Solom, putting on my headphones. This is what happens in news, Steve. You get you get stuff literally one minute before the show starts. Um, and I haven't even had... You've had more time to consume this than I have. <laughs> I, I have, and it's actually pretty discouraging. Uh, a, a UW Lacrosse tweet here from UWL College Democrats. And I'll just read the tweet. The UWL College Republicans, so they're blaming Republicans here, proudly showed off chalking they did on campus last night. But we have to ask why. What purpose do these hateful chalkings serve but to offend others? Students should not have to tolerate offensive, racist, and anti-Semitic hate speech on campus. Um, I haven't looked at the picture, Steve, here. Uh, and, and Steve's going to hang out with us today. Steve Doyle is the... No, I didn't write it down. Assembly rep in the, let me guess, 95? 94, Okay. 94th District. I wanted to guess. I don't want to cheat. Okay. Um, and, like, I'm just looking at these Chuck drawings. Okay. I don't know if I want to read any of these. Okay. That one's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anti-gay, anti-Semitic. That, that's, that, it's sad. To, you know, colleges are supposed to be places where you, you know, debate ideas and so forth, but I still don't think that hate has a place on campus. Yeah, definitely. Um, yep, so the UWL Democrats showed off these pictures on their Twitter if anyone wants to go look at them. Uh, and they yelled at Brad to make a, make a phone call quick. Brad Williams in the newsroom. This is, this is how it works. So, uh, and then the show doesn't start right away because I'm running around, literally, literally running around the office and now I'm drenched in sweat. Um, all right, we'll do that. We'll do this. We'll do this. So, how are you? Thanks for coming in. <laughs> hey, thanks for letting me come in. I appreciate it. Um, I had this. Okay, speaking of social media, a whole different. I'm just going to change the whole. Like this is going to be the smoothest transition ever. All right. Your uh, social media campaigns often. I think the Wisconsin Republican one is. It's always like a line, a problem. Like crime is out of control. Elect Tim Michaels for governor. Evers can't handle what's going on and. And it's always, but it's never a solution. It's just, you know, elect the other guy because that's the solution, even though there's, um, instead of even doing that, or instead of like just having what the solution is, we should have a social, you should have a social media campaign and it doesn't even have your name on it. And it's just, well, maybe it has your name on it, but it's like just Steve's alpacas. And it's just that <laughs> every day, every day, a different, a different, uh, you know, maybe maybe you you tell me you get up at like four or five in the morning, right? You have to go do yeah. what you got to do. No, I do chores at about quarter to five in the morning. So so you have and your campaign manager's in here, so he should follow you around. So he you're is, make him get he up. He's not up at quarter to five in the morning. I can guarantee hey, that. Come on over at five in the morning. You have to get your phone out. You have to follow me around while I do the cal- alpaca chores. And then, but 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 I think this would be funny. You could have just, um, I mean, if we're just gonna yell. Crime is out of control. Elect the other guy, which is is totally useless. We might as well just have Steve feeding his alpacas. I I, I don't know. Alpacas probably do some weird things, which would make some funny videos, and it would be at least a, a little more lighthearted. It would still wouldn't solve anything that's wrong with, uh, you know, w- with uh, Wisconsin or or would help you in in terms of would help 
voters understand what you represent, except that you have an alpaca, alpaca farm and they can be peculiar, I'm guessing. Well, you know, if you go on my, uh, I actually have three Facebook pages. One is my official one in Madison. If you go on my campaign one, that's got all the election things, and I have a, a personal one. Uh, you will not find any negative stuff on there. I just, I don't believe in that. You know, I, I heard an interesting analogy a few years ago, um, really an explanation of why people hate politics and they hate politicians. If airlines ran ads like politicians run ads, you would never get on an airplane. I mean, can you imagine Delta running an ad saying, well, good luck if you get on American Airlines, you may not live. I mean, you know, it's, it's not surprising that people are disgusted with politics because they should be disgusted with politicians. It just, it, it's gotten too much. When I talk to people lately, you know, knocking on doors and, and so forth, I can really tell they're ju- they just had it up to here. They, they, they want this election to be over. They want politicians to go away and leave them alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when, when I talk to UW Lacrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Jagoski uh, about this, I always, I'm always like the negative, the negative ads, the negative just persona, the negative social media. It, it. I look at it and I just roll my eyes. And you, you say that's how maybe a lot of people that you, you talking to, if you're knocking on doors, how they feel. But he always tells me these things work. So who are they working on? No, people believe they don't work, but. They actually do. I mean, you don't have politicians spending millions, probably billions these days uh, of dollars across the country. And, uh, you know, they do a lot of research before they run those ads. And, yeah, they know that it moves people. Uh, And, uh, you know, unfortunately, that's human nature. You know, we hear something, we believe it must be true, even when it's not. and, And it's easier to remember and it's easier to get outraged about something that's negative than it is positive. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. If you want to get in here, State Rep. Steve Doyle representing the district, 94th district. Um, Does the 94th district, because, okay, some of the things I want to to talk about uh, and you want to talk about, the the state budget, also budget surplus. I don't know. Those are are related, right? Right. Does the state budget have to do with budget surplus? Yes. So uh, last uh, budget, we... We cut taxes by 10%, which was great. Uh, we had a very frugal budget. I voted for it. I was uh, one of a minority of Democrats who voted yeah, for it. Yeah, I was it. pretty pissed because I yeah. like you. I don't want Democrats re- voting for Republican budgets. That's no. But, but uh, did you get a little flack from that from anyone? Yeah, I did. I, I, I did. Uh, but it's my job to. It, well, it's my job to accept flack when people disagree with me. But it's also my job to look at. What's the best outcome here? And I looked at the budget. It wasn't perfect. I had hoped that, you know, when it went to the governor, that he could, you know, work around the edges, make some vetoes, make it better. He did. Um, but, you know, it's one where we increased funding for education. We increased funding for roads. We cut taxes. You know, there were, there were a lot of things in there that were good. They could have been better. But, you know, I, I wanted to give it a chance. So I voted yes in, uh, in favor of it. The economy... Uh, produced 
really record amounts of revenue for us, especially things like sales tax and, and income tax. As people were going back to work, as people were buying things, uh, our coffers are overflowing to the tune of $5 billion right. at this point. If you knew that going into the state budget you, you signed off on, would, would some of the things in the state budget have changed? Oh, absolutely. Okay. No, I don't want to deep dive into it because we got to take a break. Yeah. But that was one of the things I want to talk about. Um, crime seems to be a thing that uh, candidates are talking about now. Uh, the special sessions in the, the Governor Evers special sessions, I will kind of get into that. Again, the budget surplus, uh, the PIFAs situation, and um, oh, governor appointees. That was that was another thing I, I want to throw into the mix. All right, we got to take a break. Uh, hopefully, Brad will do the news. He, he might be on the phone. We'll see. Uh, we'll be back in a minute. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Assembly Rep. Steve Doyle in the studio here with me. He is the representative of the 94th District. We're we're a month away. So uh, what what do you do differently as you're campaigning a month away from midterm elections? Do you do anything differently? You really ramp up the whatever you're ramping up? (laughs) Well, it's all about meeting as many people as possible, obviously. So I spend a lot of time going to meetings, uh, knocking on doors, talking with people. Um, I like to do personalized follow-up letters when I've knocked on a door, whether they've been home or, or not home. And so I spend a lot of time signing my name and writing a lot of notes. Do you literally write the letter or do you type it and then sign it at the bottom? Uh, like the letter is printed. Okay. <laughs> um, but I do, it's it, just like my honor roll letters that I send to students throughout the district, and it's usually about 1800 a semester. I put my signature and a handwritten note on each one because if people elect me, they deserve to hear from me personally, not from some staff person with all due respect to my staff. All right, so I'll, I'll read this. Uh, Carl texted in, the majority of voters in the 94th District support legal recreational use of marijuana. What's your stance? Okay, first, um, how do we know if a majority of your district supports legal recreational marijuana? Do we know that? We do, um, and that is uh, in a couple of ways. Uh, one is I do a newsletter uh, every pretty much every year, uh, and the survey results that have come back from that show that the people who've responded are in favor, but more uh, statistically provable would be the referendum that La Crosse County uh, did uh, uh, recently, and it was countywide, but you could break it down by you know by area. Sure. And, and within my district, it was somewhere sixty some percent in favor of legalized marijuana. And we did that in twenty wouldn't what twenty eighteen? Three four years ago. Okay, like that. Um, well, that brings me up another topic. Uh, you're you're on the county board. Um, there was some referendums. And this will get into the Governor Evers referendum here in a minute. Um, there were some referendums on the docket to put on the ballot, uh, legalizing right. marijuana. Do, do you remember how that question would have been phrased, or did you even get to that point? Um, we didn't get to that one. There were there were three different ones, um, and I ended up arguing against all of them. Uh, so there were two what I would call liberal ones. Well, and one was one. on abortion. One was on abortion one was on support the police just it was very right, general police. right yes. um who wouldn't it would be that would be a weird one to put on in that regard hey yeah. do you support the police if that was the question i don't know if that would have been it but and that um, was kevin hoyer who had brought that one forward and i actually talked to him ahead of time and we came up with a, a, a tweaking of it to make it more relevant and, and more more meaningful sure. um but i ended up arguing against all of them saying you know we should either do all of them or oppose all of them and and i was i voted yes because i thought actually the first one would pass and 
I wanted to be consistent, but I was glad that none of them passed because I don't feel that that is the role of the county board, is to inject itself into partisan politics in the middle of a very polarizing campaign. Not that I don't want to hear from, from people, get their you know reactions on, on the various issues, but these on both sides were really designed to gin up the base, and, and I didn't like that. And, and so I argued very strenuously against it. I thought that my colleagues would not go along with my suggestion that we could get rid of all of them, but they actually did. And so I found myself in a weird situation of voting for something that I actually argued against. When when the board votes, this would be like, I, I just don't watch these enough. When the board votes, is it all vote at the same time? or yes. right? So you We vote be, on a computer. Because if you voted, and I was sitting, like maybe if I was cheating, I could be like, oh, Steve voted no for this. Because, you know, like you're going to hold a little bit more weight, I think, your opinion, just based on your your position um but y'all vote at the same time people knew how i was i I mean i i I started out saying i am going to vote yes but i hope this pat this fails um and i explained why i wanted it to fail um and that i wanted it as a package deal everything passes together or fails together is Uh, there a is there a better way to get the public's opinion on something like that on whether it's abortion whether it's legalizing marijuana in one way or the other or uh, police, fun- I don't know, police funding or something. Is there, because yeah. going to the ballot, first of all, it's too late if, we're, if you're going, but at least, you know, going into the next session, you would be like, oh, this is nice. I have this, everybody that voted, vote also voted for, you know, these these things that in the county, sure. in the county. But. I think I think they're a good idea um, in the spring election. Spring elections are nonpartisan. So those are not issues that are on the ballot. So if we're talking about, you know, abortion or legalized marijuana or guns or defunding the police or supporting the police, whatever the case may be, we're doing that in April when we don't have a partisan election going on, then you can actually get real reaction from the public. And I think that's valuable. I, I do support the county board putting those things on the ballot in those situations because that is a public service then. Can we do like a deal? Like if we put five on, we get a discount? Because it's like five grand to put one of those on a, on the ballot. Is that just based because like lawyers have to look over this stuff to make sure? Or why is it five grand to put one of those on the ballot? Um, it, 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 the more you add, the more likely it is that you're adding pages to the ballot. So there's additional printing costs. And, and you have to remember what are called ballot styles. So, you know, I vote in the town of Onalaska. So we'll have our, you know, the Holman School Board and the Onalaska School Board in the town of Onalaska. So the town of Onalaska has at least two different ballot styles just because of being broken into multiple school districts. Yeah. So the more variations that you have to print, the more that it gets expensive. So the, and, and, then, and we're trying to keep those ballots as le- the least confusing, I would say. Right. Um, you know, like Ron Johnson had the suggestion of how to you know, to, to do a ballot question on the issue of abortion. You know, do you support it in this situation, not this situation, this situation, not this situation, with like 10 different options. That was really confusing. I, I like the idea of giving people an array of choices, right. um, but I think he needed to finesse that a little bit, and well, then it could be valuable. Well, and at the end, too, it's like, do you, do you select, do you, have, do you agree with A, E, and F? Do you agree with B, C, and D? None of the above, all the above. No, I'm just kidding. That's yeah, not no, how it would No, but, but literally, it, it got pretty confusing. And I, I could see why he kind of walked back that idea then. But, you know, I, I do like the idea of giving people some input into the process. Because right now, I think that there is very much a distance between politicians, elected officials, and the public. Because politicians get their money from 
you know, big donors, special interest groups, their political parties. And yes, I get money from the Democrats and the Democratic Party. I'm not trying to hide that. Uh, my opponent gets money from Robin Voss through the Republican Assembly Campaign Committee and the Republican Party of Wisconsin. I hope he doesn't try to hard hide that because we're both getting about the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. But there is that separation then if you rely too much on the people who give you money or help on your campaign. Whereas if you hear something pure, unadulterated through the ballot box, through referendums, then you know this is what the people have to say. 608-785-7914 is the text line if you want to get in here. Shoot me a text. Steve Doyle is in studio here for the rest of the hour. Yeah, I do want to get into... um, Okay, so not just the county board, but the statewide, Governor Tony Evers uh, had a special session, what was it, probably two weeks ago, uh, which which had to do with referendums, putting something on the ballot that voters could vote for, and and, and then it would we would change the Constitution, and then whatever the voters voted for, that, that law would, the, the legislature would be in session and, and pass it at some point, right? So uh, if it would work the way that Western states do it, uh, and, and that's really where we see a lot of that uh, initiative and, and referendum uh, type of policies, um, it would be uh, you circulate petitions, something gets put on the ballot, if the voters approve it, then the legislature has a certain amount of time to basically ratify that or come up with something different, and if the legislature doesn't act, it goes into effect. Um, I think that there is some real value to that, because right now we have gridlock. I mean, I'm a big supporter of, of divided government uh, because it forces people to the middle, but it also unfortunately forces things to come to a screeching halt. So, you know, having something where the voters could step in and say, we want to do this on abortion, or we want to do this on legalized marijuana, or we want to do this on guns, or we want to do this on policing. You know, I think that if our elected officials aren't stepping up to the plane and doing something themselves, the voters should be able to say, Okay, we're taking over. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back with Steve Doyle after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM, 608-785-7914. If you want to shoot me a text, Steve Doyle, the state rep here in the, well, not here, but up there a little bit in the 94th district. Um, let's see, let's just quiz you here, Steve. Your your district change, is it? it's changed a little bit or it changes next um, it, it's changed a little bit. Um, I used to have the town of Burns and the village of Rockland in my district. Now that is uh, in Nancy Vandermeer's district. So mine, because of population growth, had to shrink geographically. So mm-hmm. I have a little bit smaller, but a few more people. All right. So a couple of texts I want to get out of the way here. Um, we were talking about putting stuff on the ballot. And uh, Governor Evers proposed in a special session a binding referendum, I think, where where if, if it goes on the ballot and it passes, then the legislature has some work to do to pass the thing that the citizens want. Uh, Texter says, don't put multiple important issues in one bill, some of which I may be agreeing to and others I may not agree to. I think, is he being sarcastic there? I think, don't do not do that. Don't put a bunch of bills that, I, that I'll vote for or against on, on the same ballot. Um, if they're, yeah, and he might be talking about um, if you have, like, multiple topics in a referendum question. Uh, you know, like, for example, do you support uh, medicinal and recreational marijuana? Well, if you support one and not the other, how do you choose? Oh, yeah, okay. You know, that sure. kind of thing. I can understand that, and I would agree with that. Let's let's get a clear answer from people, well, not, not one that we want to push in a particular direction. And that's the argument. A little bit about what Ron Johnson was trying to do, where if you put the question on there, you can't just have yes, no. It's got to be 
Or you put multiple questions on it. Do you support recreational marijuana? Yes, no. Do you support medical marijuana? Yes, no. And you could, I mean, you could have 5,000 questions on, maybe not 5,000, but there, there could be multiple questions uh, in that regard. Uh, also, Phil here says, California has citizens referendum. So this November election has 31 propositions and descriptions. So maybe 35 pages on the ballot. We want that in Wisconsin. All right. So, well, I, well no, I, I don't want that. And California is like the poster child of referendums gone wild or gone crazy. Yeah. That that's too excessive. Yeah, having the ballot be. I mean, when I I live in Minnesota, so when I went to the ballot for the last election, there was also also a special election for my U.S. House rep. So sure. on one side of the page, it was vote for. The, the upcoming, so the mid, uh, the, the primary vote for your primary. So it was the same couple of guys on there. And then on the other side of the ballot was the special election. And I'm looking at, it and I'm like, I talk about this every day <laughs> and I live this and I'm confused. So the idea of putting a whole bunch of referendums on the ballot too, would, would maybe at some point get confusing. So there's, yeah, there's gotta be a, a, a balancing act there. Um, well, what did you think of? Okay, so it says uh, Governor Tony Evers in his four years now has put eleven special sessions up for you guys to go and and debate. Eleven of those, and all I believe you could tell me: Have you gaveled in and out? Not you personally, but have Republicans gaveled in and out of all eleven, or did did we did we? I know we ignored. I'm pretty sure it was all eleven. Um, and I mean that's. That's what's so frustrating about politics these days is that, you know, they're saying he's doing it as a political stunt and he's saying they're doing it as a political stunt. Um, this is and the we're not accomplish anything. This is the Spider-Man meme where all the different Spider-Mans are pointing at each other. I mean, that basically is it. Yeah. And it's like, give it up. Let's just sit down and work out some of this stuff. But you just don't see that right now. And that's why I always tell people, I'm trying to be the adult in the room. I I, I Happy to talk to Democrats and Republicans both to see if we can find some common ground. But right now in Madison, there is very little common ground. Okay, so 11 special sessions. Would you say and were, were a couple of those political stunts, would you say? Or did you kind of agree that maybe we should debate? Uh, one was on police reform. One was on um, ab- ab- abortions, the 1849 law. I think multiple ones on abortions, right? The, um, the most recent one were. Then there were some COVID ones earlier on. Um you know, I don't think that they were political stunts, but, you know, it's perspective. Uh, I can see where people would say they're all political stunts, and I can see where people would say none of them were political stunts. They were all legitimate. And, again, you know, you can't read a person's mind. I think that the governor is doing what he should do, forcing us to at least talk about it. So, you know, even if the Republicans gavel in and gavel out, at least it got some media coverage. At least it got people discussing, like, Hmm, what do we think about this particular issue? I mean, the easiest one, I would say, like, he held a special session to update the unemployment thing, un- unemployment system, I guess is the best way I could describe that. It was right. right right in the midst of COVID where a lot of people were unemployed and filing for unemployment. And, I, you know, like, why could, do, you, do you remember exactly what the argument was for not meeting in session to to do something about that? And eventually the legislature did do something about that. But I think it was it was a long time after. Yeah, it was right at the time when we were having all those problems with people not getting their process, their, their um, applications processed. We needed to try to fix the system in terms of maybe add some staff to process them faster or, or you know, come up with more expedited process. Um, and my recollection is, you know, the Republicans said the system is fine. It's the governor's people that are screwing this up. And, 
and uh, they didn't also want to extend unemployment, saying people needed to go back to work. And that's a legitimate argument, back and forth. You know, both sides had a, had arguments there. I think some of the argument was that the governor can fix this. Like, you, you know, sign the check or you, whatever, whatever the governor, use your powers as governor to fix it. We don't need... But uh, uh, any other time, the state legislature is like, whoa, Governor Evers, you can't be doing that. You need to go through the legislature. So it was just kind of ass backwards in my book. Well, and we've got the same thing going on right now with uh, DISPIS, the Department of Safety and Professional Services, where, you know, people are applying for their professional licenses, whether it's, you know, doctors or nurses or realtors or so on and so forth, um, and they're getting clogged in the system. My office has been dealing with those um, for the last several months, and and literally we've been dealing with dozens of people contacting us saying, my application has been pending for months. Can you do something? And my staff in Madison, um, people are used to talking to Jimmy, my, my chief of staff in Madison. He gets on the phone. He talks to the department, and usually within several days that you know those get processed because the squeaky wheel gets the grease and uh, he told me today that we are now down to um, six open cases and this is you know we had high of probably a couple dozen at at some point where the open cases so things are are getting better but I do want people to know that um, it doesn't matter who you blame if you if the problem doesn't get solved that doesn't help anything so if you are having that kind of a problem call my office and, and I tell people that I don't care if you live in my district or you live in a different district. If you've got a problem with that kind of thing, call my office. We know how to fix it. All right. My dad's going to probably call you because he's got something with military veterans. Anyway, I'm joking. Um, No, I'll have him call you. Um, Okay, so another special session, at least two, it could be three, were on the state's budget surplus. One, Governor Evers called back in, I think, late January. The budget surplus at that point was $3 billion. Uh, It has ballooned or... It is predicted to balloon to five billion dollars, or I don't. Right. I don't know how the predictions are off by billions. Uh, we've talked about it before. I think the, the 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 atmosphere of economics right now is in so in flux that we it's hard to predict, and we're off by a couple billion dollars every one every couple of months. But um, you know, Governor Evers a couple of weeks ago called for another special session to do something with that budget surplus, and it's been, it was called a political stunt right before the election. Um, I'll point to two things. This is the third. This is the third time, right? Is it the third time he's called? To, oh, to I something? lose count after a while. I think it's at, the, at least the second time because he did this back in January. You can't say it was a political stunt back in January when when it first became known we were going to have a billion dollar budget surplus. Also, four years ago when we had a budget surplus, the legislature approved child tax credit checks, a hundred dollar checks to parents under Governor Scott Walker at the time, Republican Governor Scott Walker. So we did do something with the budget surplus when it was a Republican governor and a Republican legislature. So, you know, the now we're just if it's a Democratic governor, we're not going to do it. But if you were in charge, what would we be doing with the budget surplus? Five billion dollars. Well, look, the governor can call special session, but the legislature can call extraordinary session. So here's my suggestion. Republican Speaker Robin Voss, why don't you call us into extraordinary session with your plan on how we give back that money to to the people to the because right now we have inflation we have rising gas taxes we have people who are very very concerned about making ends meet we're sitting on five billion dollars of their money and there's no reason why we can't give that back we have not been in session since early this year i think our last day of session was maybe february middle i think it was uh, early march okay early march so 
every member of the state legislature is still getting a paycheck since then, even though I happen to be a member of a special study committee. In fact, I have a meeting coming up on Monday. So I'm still earning my paycheck. But there are a bunch of other people in the state legislature not earning their paycheck, but we're still collecting that paycheck. We should be back in session. We've got that money. People need it right now. Now is the time to give it back. And I don't care if we do it the day after the election or we do it tomorrow. It needs to get done, and it needs to get done soon. You don't care, you do care, because you could do it tomorrow. <laughs> like, it if sounds we, like you want to do it tomorrow. I would love to do it tomorrow, but if people feel, wow, geez, Steve Doyle is going to be able to vote in favor of a tax refund for people, so we don't want to do it to help him, fine. But call a special session and schedule it for November 9th. Yeah, well, it's just funny because we... We okay, so November 9th, it would still be your your legislature, but it would right. be a, a lame duck session. Then is that what we're the lame it? duck session? Because yes. we did that four years ago too. We did lame duck. Session. Oh yes, I so, definitely remember that. <laughs> we did those under different circumstances. That was yeah. to give the governor that would be not in my party less powers. This would be to give money back to the people in one regard. Do you have Do you have any good ideas on like here's how we should do it? Because uh, um, I think your 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 challenger last week said nine hundred dollar checks to everybody. I think that if you did the math, I didn't do the math. Uh, how many people are in Wisconsin divided by five billion? Um, I don't know. Do you have a Do you have a different plan? Well, well, there, there's various ways to do it. One is you could send a check back. Another thing is you could adjust the withholding table so that people get less taken out of their paycheck every payday. That's instant. I mean, you could get that benefit right away. Doesn't cost the state postage to mail out out checks. Um, you know, there are some people have talked about things like gas tax holidays and, and so forth. I mean, there's just so many different ways of doing it, and, and some are better than others. But at least let's have that debate so we can talk about how it's going to get done. All right, we're going to take a break. This is uh, State Rep Steve Doyle representing the 94th District in here with me. And I should mention, he's in a battle with Republican appointment Ryan Hipsch. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM, 608-785-7914. Assembly Rep Steve Doyle in studio here with me. We were talking about the budget surplus, $5 billion predicted. Talk about that in the past, just the, the economic, just the economics of the, the, the world economy right now. I think it's hard. Is that essentially the best, easiest reason why we can't predict what the, the budget surplus is going to be when it, when it inflates to five from $3 billion? Absolutely. You know, we have very little control at the state level over what's going to happen with the economy. I mean, there's, there's minimal things we can do, such as we can help people make ends meet by giving their money back. But beyond that, we don't have, this is not a ship that we can steer. Okay, so a couple of people say, use the budget surplus to fix the roads. You bet. Why not? <laughs> well, and that, so I don't think anybody is saying we give back all $5 billion. I mean, I don't think Democrats or Republicans have, that have said give back $5 billion. What we're saying is give back a good chunk of it, but then we need to use the remainder for two things, roads and schools. Um, and, you know, doing, putting it into roads puts people to work, good for the economy, so that, that has a benefit itself. It also helps farmers get their products to market. It helps people get to work. It helps people get to school. So I'm absolutely in favor of that as part of that $5 billion. Well, you're on the county board, and I see the social media and email updates that we're fixing this road, we're fixing that road. Um, is there the ability to fix more roads? Because there's only so many people that can fix roads and maybe they're, you know, booked until next year, you know, they can't fix roads in the winter. So, uh, Lacrosse County, um, we do things pretty well there. Um, when the federal money became available, uh, Lacrosse County was able to elbow our way to the front of the line because we had 
shovel-ready projects. I mean, we have had a lot of things in place already so that while other counties were looking around trying to figure out how they might spend the money that they got, we said, here's our whole list of things. We could start tomorrow. Um, yeah, you had your homework done early. In we, we did, and, and we always do. We yeah. always do, and so we still have projects in the works right now that if, if more money became available, either from the federal government or the state government, we could move pretty quickly. All right, you mentioned fix the, uh, you didn't mention fix the schools. You mentioned using the budget surplus on schools. I'll just bring up a, a contentious plan by the La Crosse School District to uh, use $191 billion. It's on a referendum. It's on the ballot to build a new high school on the south side, so consolidate to one high school. Well, this isn't the only school uh, dilemma here in the area. You have at least two schools in your district, and one last year it went to referendum asking for money. So Holman is asking for $75 million, I believe, and Onalaska is asking for $75 million to update their buildings. It seems like a red flag. Hello, we're, we're, the, the schools are behind on this. I think that almost every school district in my assembly district has a referendum. West Salem either has one coming up now or else in, in the spring. So, that, I mean, they're all in the same boat. And having to go back to the property taxpayers, because that's where the schools have to get their money from if it doesn't come from the state, is from the property taxpayers. When the state has this kind of money that we have available, let's give the property taxpayers a break and say, okay, schools, we can help you out on some of these projects. And sometimes they're one-shot deals. You know, we need to build a new building. Okay, let's, let's do that. Um, if you put it on the property tax rolls, that means then the property taxpayers are paying for that, essentially that mortgage for years and years and years. Whereas if the state applied some of the surplus to those kind of projects, one and done. The interest rate, no interest rate, in other words, right? Like it's, it's paid just, for. It's gone. We're borrowing. Um, and then uh, you, you didn't mention this, but like, can we, when we do that, I mean, a good photo op for you, 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 you know, like for you as the state legislature representing that is to take that money in a burlap sack with a dollar sign on it and just hand it to the school superintendent. Here you go. Uh, is that a good idea? <laughs> well, I, I, I think that it's important to have the public weigh in on these things, not just hand out the money. But, you know, I am I, I'm a product of local government. I've been on the county board for a long time, and, and I think that um, I have a really good record that I can, can be proud of. I also think we have good school board members. We have good village board members, city council members, town board members. Um, they are people who want to do good for their community. So if we have money available or additional money available, you know, let's have those local officials have a role in how that's going to happen. All right. So we got to two minutes here, 5650. We've got to be out. There's the time. Um, is, is it a big red flag that if you're, you're just said, you're, all the school districts in your district have either just had a referendum put on the ballot, will have a referendum ballot put on, and if it's West Salem, they just had one. Are, are you saying they're going to have another one, or are you just uh, mixing up? Maybe you're mixing I up. I could a be mixing weeks. them up. I'm not Wh- sure. Which is a problem, not not for you personally, but right. it's the state. This is like a giant, to me, this is like the horns are blaring, the, the red lights are in your rearview mirror. Hey, the state isn't doing something because all these school districts are behind on building updates, at least, if not other things. Does the legislature need to, like, rethink this a little bit and how we're funding schools? I think we do. I mean, years ago, the legislature had made a commitment, or I should say the state had made a commitment to fund two-thirds of the cost of education as a way of shifting that burden from property taxpayers to a more equitable and fair way of, uh, of funding. Um, and we almost never meet that obligation, which is really putting the schools in a bind. So they've got their their 
uh, spending limits that they have under state law, and they have um, reduced funding that seems to be a perennial problem. And so, you know, in that regard, the last position I would ever want is to be a school board member because they have it's one bad option versus another bad option. And then you have to keep going to the public with your handout, basically, you know, asking for their support. And, you know, when you have a referendum, it costs money to educate the public and put it on the ballot. So it's just not a good way of funding schools. It's not how business operates and it's not how schools should operate. Yeah. It becomes contentious, like uh, what's going on right now in lacrosse. All right. That's state rep, Steve Doyle. Appreciate you coming in. Thanks. Thank you.